Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's get this shit. Let's go. Top of the morning. 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 What's good, y'all? Welcome back to another One Piece chapter review. I know this is coming out a little late. My bad. I've just been busy. But this review, we will be reviewing One Piece chapter 1061. But before we get into the review, if you have not already, please be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as the notification bell to get notified for more content that I put out. As well, if you end up enjoying the review, be sure to hit with a like and leave a comment and let me know your thoughts on this chapter. So, without any further ado, let's just get into it, y'all. Alright, cool. So we open up first with the cover story. We got Ichiji, Niji, Yonji, and Reiji escaping from Whole Cake Island with Caesar. So I guess Caesar is going to be uh, taking a ride with Germa and Katakurin of an uh, still uh, a little bit discombobulated from Caesar's gas. And I swear, if Caesar really was OP and knew how to use his gas and he was stronger, his devil could really be a problem. Really be a problem if this is what it's doing to Katakuri with observation hockey on his level. But... You know, that's neither here nor there. Let's get into more details of the chapter, which is having a lot of reveals. And now, our feature presentation. So, boom, chapter opens up. We got Luffy trying to save Chopper and Bonnie at the same time, but to no avail. They still end up falling in the water, but Bonnie is letting them know, like, yo, be careful. There's a monster under us. And then we get this silhouette under the water, which... Good shit, Oda. Honestly, I haven't felt like the crew has been in peril while sailing in the seas and we forget how dangerous the new world really is and how much can happen on the water and how like, you know, at the mercy of the sea they are. But this panel really shows it, OD. Like I felt it. I really felt like they were in danger from this moment. Like this shit was huge. The ship alone, the sunny fit in the mouth of this big ass shark. It was crazy. And the shark tries to take a big bite out of the ship, but you know, they end up missing. But because of all the commotion going on, the straw has like Zoro and Sanji, they can't really do much to really combat this shark. They are in a bad situation. This is a pickle indeed. But what's crazy about this shark, when it did jump out the water, we see like a little bit of writing on it. So we feel like, all right, this might be some type of robot or something, or I don't know what's good with this shark, but it says UNK on it. And we'll get into what that means later. But I was just like, hmm, curious and curiouser. Hmm. Really makes you think. Now, thankfully, when Luffy, Chopper, and Bonnie are in the water, thank God we have Jinbei, who's a fishman in our crew, because he jumps into the water immediately and is able to save them and get them. He lets Frankie know, like, yo, take the helm, bro. Like, you know, I'm gonna go handle this. And Frankie tries to escape with this rabbit screw propeller thing. And, you know, that's a sign, like, hey, guys, just let go of Carrot. This is our carrot now. The propeller is our carrot. But bruh, this shark then shoots torpedoes at the Sunny. Sunday wasn't even ready. This shark is crazy. The Sunny is now capsizing and Jinbei is looking at it like, oh nah, there is no way in hell through these conditions that anybody could ever steer a ship through any of this. So now at this point, we're praying our crew is good. But then the shark takes aim at Jinbei, Luffy, Chopper, and Bonnie with a missile and they're like, oh nah, we gotta die. So Jinbei grabs all of them and just dives in the water and tries to get them out of there. But then before we finish out this part, this giant robot, who I thought was Frankie, I thought Frankie got into this new battle suit, but then I'm realizing like, I don't know if that's Frankie. This shit is huge and just snuffs the shark like Move, bitch. light work, like nothing, just one little punch. And it really looks like, you know, a design that Frankie made, but it says Vega Force 1 on it. So now I'm curiouser and curiouser because Vega, come on, 
That's there's only one Vega we know, and we're not talking about Street Fighter. That's Vega Punk, but we don't know if this is Vega Punk. We don't know anything yet. Hmm. Really makes you think. Before we get into more detail on that, let's cut to the second part of the chapter. We then cut to the G14 naval base with the kids from Punk Hazard who are being treated still. We got Tashigi, Helmeppo, you know, who's part of Sword, and some new Marines such as Vice Admiral Dahl. Whew, step on me, Queen. Nice! And Commander Habari, who is also part of Sword, and Rear Admiral Prince Gruss, who was also part of Sword, who we originally met in the Beiji and Lola cover story when they were trying to save her. Now, Hamepo and Hibari are trying to convince, you know, Vice Admiral Dahl and Prince Gruss to help them, like, go save Kobe, because Kobe's in danger over at uh, Blackbeard's Island, uh, Hachinoso, and they're like, yo, we are completely, like, Un, like we don't have the resources to go do that right now like how are we gonna go save them we'll be walking into our doom and then Helmeppo says this line and you're sitting here like oh oh there's more hold up wait a minute he says yo why don't we just like we're right by Egghead Island like why don't we just get more Seraphim bro there's more this is confirmed there's more Seraphim than what we already met before so there really might be a seraphim for every warlord we've ever had, bruh. Of course. And then Prince Gruss also lets us know that, yo, we also don't know where Drake is. Like, we don't have the help to do this. So it's either Drake is dead or nah. I don't think he dead because I feel like Oda would have showed that. But what's the odds of him really had dying with Hawkins? But enough about that. Let's cut to the third part of the chapter. We jump back to Luffy, Jinbei, Chopper, and Bonnie, who are now safe, starving, and drying off on land. But now it's kind of depressing because once again, Oda has split the crew up. We know it's inevitable. I guess we just have too many crewmates and I guess we got enough Straw Hat interactions for the past couple chapters, but always having to split them up, always. But what's good is I'll say like, we're getting some more like Jinbei and that's, that's gonna help like to get some more Jinbei interaction within the story. For the most part, we kind of have him as an outsider. So we're gonna get a lot more of his interaction of how he interacts with Luffy and how he's gonna interact with Chopper and how he handles the whole situation with the Straw Hats being split up. What's interesting though, is that they're on this island. It looks pretty tropical. And when they were on their way in and they were saying that they were in the island's climate, it was brick as hell. So this is just peculiar. I mean, it's the new world, anything is possible, but maybe this has something to do with somebody's science. Oh! So now Bonnie's having a conversation with the straw hats that we're with, you know, Luffy, Jinbei, and Chopper, and she's like, yo, like, you don't know who I am, bro? Like, I'm Jewelry Bonnie. I'm one of the worst generation. I was there at Sabody Acapelago with you two years ago, and Luffy's like, oh, okay, hey, bogey or boogie or whatever. Like, once again, Luffy doesn't get somebody's name right, which is always going to happen. But Bonnie ends up thanking Luffy anyway, but can't believe that Luffy's actually an emperor with the way that he acts. And he also has Jinbei, who used to be a, a warlord, a, like one of the seven warlords on his crew. Like, she's like, wow, this doesn't make any sense. She also then questions Luffy like, yo, what's up? Your wanted poster said you have white hair. Why you don't have white hair? And Luffy says this really peculiar thing like, oh, that's just how I look when I'm feeling free, when I'm at my freest point. Bro, what are you talking about, man? And then Luffy does have this like animation where he kind of buffs himself up a little bit, which I've never really seen him do. It's interesting. So maybe Luffy kind of has full access to his rubber abilities now that he's awakened, you know, Gear 5th or his Joy Boy mode or Sun God Nika mode or whatever you want to call it at this point. So then Jimmy asks Bonnie like, yo, where's your crew at? And she lets him know like, well, I came alone and my crew got aimed by this shit. And we might be a little bit assed out because we are on a government island our crew has no idea that this is where we are and she lets them know like hey 
This government island is not just any island. This is Egghead, the island that's said to be 500 years in the future. Location of Vegapunk's lab. And she's got business with Vegapunk. Now, I wonder exactly what, you know, she wants to talk to Vegapunk about because obviously this might have something to do with Kuma because whatever Vegapunk did to Kuma in regards to Kuma like protecting the Sunny and all the adjustments made and by the time she did see Kuma when she was at Mary Joie, he was in some very, very bad condition before being saved by the Revolutionary Army. So maybe, you know, she's trying to go to Vegapunk to maybe find a way to fix him completely. But let's get to the last final part of the chapter. Boy, Oda, some reveals, some reveals. What is this, 15 plus years, 20 plus years? Oh my God, bro. We cut back to the Straw Hats and then we see this giant robot legit has the Sunny in his hands. Like it's some toy. Usopp and Frankie are hyped. They're like, oh my God, giant robot. Cause you know, they always freaking out about that. And Caribou is still in the barrel fighting for his life. But the rest of the crew are just sitting here kind of waiting, anticipating, all right, who is about to come out this robot? Like, are we in mortal danger? Like what's gonna happen? And then boom, a woman comes out the robot being disappointed, calling the shark robot a failure because it keeps acting on its primal instincts. And then Frankie's like thanking the person for saving them. <laughs> and then this person then says, huh, forgive me, but did you just say I saved you? Oh, you naive pirates. I work for the government despite my mediocrity. And then introduces herself as Dr. Vegapunk. Bro. Bro. What? Woo! Yeah, baby! That's what I've been waiting for. That's what it's all about. Oda ends the chapter here, and then we go on a break week with Dr. Vegapunk being introduced in this chapter. After all this time, after all this time, we finally see Vegapunk. Now, I have some questions here. I don't know if this is really Vegapunk because Vegapunk has been stated to be an old man. And even in the writing of Vegapunk's kind of dialogue, it's stated that, you know, talking in old timey or old man English or whatever, not English, but the dialect itself is talking like an old person. So I can't tell if this is a Vegapunk clone, an android that Vegapunk created with his consciousness, or like Vegapunk has switched bodies somehow because the silhouette has always been an old man and people have say, said that you know, Vegapunk is an old man, whether it be, you know, people who are part of Mads uh, or also like, you know, Greenbowl when he was talking to Fujitora saying like, oh, yeah, that old man or whatever. So this is going to be very, very interesting. Or maybe just is really Vegapunk and just says like they're an old man at heart or identifies as a man or an old man. That could always be a thing that anything is possible. One Piece Oda is very, very, you know, fluid when it comes to gender identity in this series. But what I'm excited for the most is I feel like this is really about to become a Frankie-centric arc right now. You know, this feels like a extension of what Punk Hazard was. And you think about it, Vega Punk, Punk Hazard, and then we got Egghead, which is like kind of like a brain in a way, like, you know, Dr. Robotnik and type stuff, like, a you know, evil genius type energy. But Frankie has all the possibilities to really shine. And we haven't seen Frankie shine in a long time. So I'm excited to see that. We can see him get a huge upgrade to his arsenal. I mean, look, Vega Punk's Vega Force 1 robot looks very, very similar to like a lot of Frankie's design. So we can see the inspiration that Frankie got, obviously, but obviously Vegapunk has done it on a grander scale. You see the size of this robot, bro? Like, man, I'm excited to learn more. And hopefully we may learn more about the Devil Fruits because Oda did say that, you know, we would learn the true origin of the Devil Fruits and a lot of stuff about the world from Vegapunk once they're introduced. So whether this is Vegapunk or not, or whether the SSG is actually just a whole bunch of Vegapunk clones, is we will see we will see man there are so many possibilities 
But overall, if I had to give this chapter a rating, you know, it wasn't that long. It was really, really concise and tight with regards to information. Not too much happened. There's more reveal than anything. It's a solid 7 out of 10, honestly. If I had to put the reveal aside and really just take the chapter for what it's worth, you know, it's not the greatest chapter in the world, but the reveal itself gives it a lot of buff. So yeah, solid 7, maybe 7.5 out of 10. But let me know your thoughts on this chapter in the comment section below. As well, if you end up enjoying the video, be sure to leave it a like. I greatly appreciate it. Also, if you haven't already, please be sure to subscribe to the channel as well as the notification bell to get notified for more content that I put out. So, on that note, y'all, enjoy your life. I'm feeling great and feel the vibe. I'm really grateful we alive. And I'm feeling great because lately I've been on the way to something great. And I feel alive because I create like every day and I'm on today.